Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. So glad that you uh, take time to just spend time here today with me. So I'm glad that you're here, and I'm hoping you had a great Thanksgiving and a good weekend and that you feel rested. So we left off last week. We're doing a whole week on relationships, and we're going to continue this week with them. And next week, we are going to focus on couples. So one of the things that we left off with last time was this whole idea of relationship killers, top relationship and sex killers. And so I I want you to understand that one of the reasons that I do it this way is because so many times we are teaching people how to do things and what the right things are to do and and giving all those types of, of helps and solutions. And so sometimes it really helps if we just say, just don't do these things. If you just don't do these things, your relationships will work so much better. So even if you don't know how to add the right things, just don't do the wrong things. So we left off with this idea of one of the top relationship killers is me not doing me, as in self-care. Because I won't deal with me, my spouse, my significant other, my friends, children, they have to deal with me. If I allow for abuse to enter into my own internal world, how am I prepared for the world of abuse and heartache outside of me? You've heard this, wonderful, this, this amazing saying, hurt people hurt people. So are you continually harming yourself by not loving and caring for you? And we've done a show on the different types of love, the three different types of love, eros, agape, and phileo. And one of the things I want you to think about is phileo, that's the friendship love. That's our companionship, our affection for other people. You need to be friends with you. The better friend you are to yourself, the better friend you will be to others. And the more successful your relationships are going to be. See, it's an act of love for me to take care of me. It's sacrificial. I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm right there with you. I don't want to do it. I would rather do other people than do myself. Maybe I don't think I deserve it. Maybe because I know the sins that I have to struggle with, it causes me to inadvertently or subconsciously want to punish myself. Whatever. What you want to think about is that's not how God treats us. And we take our example from God. How does God treat you? How does he feel about you? How forgiving is he with you? Accepting, loving, understanding, kind, gracious, That's the love chapter. That's why he wrote the love chapter. 
because we are to practice that with others as well as ourselves. So I honor God and the people that love me when I take care of who they love. So the people in your life that love you, one of the ways you honor them and love them back is by loving you, taking care of you. I think of how my husband feels, my children, my parents, my patients feel when they can trust that I'm caring for myself. I had a girlfriend that had a daughter that was fighting leukemia. She was very young and did not win that battle. And my girlfriend would have done anything for her daughter. Her heart ached when she had to hold her down while she's screaming, I hate you, Mom. I hate you, Mom. You don't love me. And threatening to run away because of the, the, all the different things she had to endure as, as her, she was trying to fight this cancer. But my friend was terrified not to give her the treatment, but still heartbroken to do it. She said to me, you know, my daughter may hate me for the rest of my life, but if she's alive, if I have anything to do with her being alive, it's okay if she hates me forever. So it's amazing to consider what God had to do in order to heal us, to save our lives, to ensure our eternal lives. Not only was he willing to do the hardest thing, he was willing to endure our pain, our heartache, our anger, our disillusionment with him. And yet his love for us was greater than his need to feel happy, okay, and liked. His love is willing to endure conflict and the possibility of a lost relationship, all in the name of our health, our eternal safety. So our present ability to live out the life he's given us is because he loved us. But he also loved himself as he loved the Father, as he loved the Holy Spirit. Imagine if Jesus neglected himself, if he was lazy or slothful, if he was indulgent. What if he acted like a prima donna because of the love and the adoration of others? Or what if he acted like a victim and martyred himself, saying he wasn't worthy or important enough to be cared for? Would that be him loving God himself and all of us? No, it would not. He made sure he took care of himself. He made sure he ate, he got the proper sleep, he got enough alone time. He set limits and boundaries with people. No matter how people felt about him, whether they adored him or hated him, he made sure that he took care of himself so that he could do the calling he had on his life. You are valuable to God and have tremendous resources. See, we're more willing to take care of the planet and all its resources than ourselves. We're willing to make all kinds of provisions, spend all kinds of money, and sacrifice in ridiculous ways for the planet and for animals, but not for ourselves. We're willing to do, we're willing to take better care of the things we own than ourselves. So we want to take care of the exterior, but not the interior. You are God's child, and he is depending on you to care for you. 
How would you feel if you were fighting like crazy to make a safe world for people? And the people you were depending on it neglected, ignored, indulged your loved ones because it was so much effort to love them well. So they just gave them whatever they wanted. See, don't you love it when people love the ones you love? Think of how you feel when, when people love your children. They love your pets. This is how God feels when you love you and you love others. Why do we think loving ourselves is so sinful? Well, I'll tell you why. This is, this is one of the, the things the enemy loves to do. He wants to make sure that the very thing that is best for us, he lies to us about it. Because imagine a world where everyone just took care of themselves. How much more simple it would be. How much more energy we would have to love one another. So if I don't love and care for myself, this is truly far more sinful because I am neglecting and harming and abusing the one who God died for. How do you feel if you have children that are struggling with addictions? Any of the compulsive disorders. How do you feel when you have a friend or a spouse, a parent, that will not take care of themselves? And the worry and the heartache and the frustration. So this sin leads to death. It truly does. And it is not an admirable one. So here's, what, here's the takeaway for this one. Top 10, top relationship killer, not taking care of yourself. I need to honor my master. I need to care for what he cares for. I need to care about what he cares about. That means all people. That means me. So love, true love, is feeling and intention put into action. I hope that encourages you and gives you truly permission and actually a directive to really start taking care of you. And, and we've talked about this analogy before. It's the analogy of my car. What happens if I don't take care of my car? If I ignore the indicator light on the car, it's going to lead to more problems, more money, more time. Where is that money going to come from? Well, it could have been money I might have spent on other people. What about the time that goes into now I don't have transportation. What burden does that put on other people because now they can't depend on me to get where I need to be? If my body is like a car, the better I care for it, the less I have to think about it. The less I care for it, the more I have to think about it. All right, let's move to the next one. I think I made that point. I'm hoping I made that point. So this one, number 15, this is not dealing with emotional baggage from the past. Any relationship or situation, if not dealt with, takes energy from you and from relationship. 
The other reason that not dealing with your emotional baggage from the past means that your past is now in your present. It's not really the past. It's in the present. It's with you all the time. And it now alters your future. This is why this is so important that the past truly is the past. So you want to think about what are those things that keep lingering? What keeps showing up for me? What are my reactions? What are my fears? What do I hope, what do I hope nobody finds out about? How does my past keep repeating itself and living in my present? See, God says, he puts your sins as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. Well, he doesn't need to remember them because he doesn't need to learn from them. So the learning from our past makes sure that it's in the past and it doesn't repeat itself in the present and change and complicate my future. So number 16. If I don't practice the habit of forgiveness... I end up keeping records. When I don't forgive, I become more sensitive. I complicate things. When I don't keep a clean slate, I end up bringing that unforgiveness into my current relationships that may have nothing to do with whatever that was. That's part of the emotional baggage piece. Unforgiveness is emotional baggage. And it will cause me to be more easily offended, more sensitive, like I said. And I will complicate any of the interactions I have in the present. Because that unforgiveness is a wound. And so it causes me to be weaker and less resilient. So we really want to practice the habit of forgiveness. And that Forgiveness means you. You need to practice forgiving you. Because when we don't practice forgiving ourselves, we make things bigger than they are. And we walk into each interaction with, with other people, feeling in a one-down position, feeling like we need to cover, protect. We can't have true transparency and authenticity. So how about this? Number 17 not learning healthy communication skills. If I refuse to learn how to communicate effectively, and I communicate in an either authoritative manner, a controlling manner, a judgmental manner, if I don't know how to be honest, and the only way I know how to be honest is brutal, if I'm afraid to truly say how I feel and what I think, if I don't know how to be assertive, if I don't know how to take responsibility for my feelings and communicate them in a healthy manner, that directly affects my intimacy. It makes it very difficult to have a relationship with someone that doesn't know how to communicate who they are and how they feel and what they need. So this is a really important one. Because pro a primary part of interacting with people 
is talking. So we really want to make sure that our words match our actions, that our words match our emotions, that we don't give conflicting messages by saying one thing and meaning another. So we want to make sure that we are working on how to truly communicate in a way that is truthful without being brutal, that is honest, which is supportive, which is authentic and meaningful. So number, number 18, this is time, time. A relationship killer is not putting time into the relationship because relationships require time. People require time. Think about how God is with us always. He wants us with him always. He's always available. He's always present. He's a very present help in all our times of trouble. He understands humans take time. He came to the earth to spend time with us. He lives in our heart so that he, we can have him all the time. Now, we are bound by, by our humanness, so we can't do all the time. That's not possible. But the point is, if I don't put time into my relationships, they will fail. They need time. And time to, to humans is like water to a plant. I have a plant that's in my kitchen, sitting in my refrigerator. It's a philodendron, so it's pretty hard to kill. I looked up at it yesterday, and it was wilting, and I thought, oh my goodness. The last two, three weeks, I had been so busy, I forgot to water the plant. That poor plant is wilting. It couldn't do anything. It couldn't tell me to water it. It's depending on me to give it what it needs. So time to relationships is like water to a plant. We need time. Number 19, and we spent a whole week on this one. This is not being an adult. Adults know how to get along. Not being adult, not being respectful, courteous, considerate. Instead, you give the other person the worst version of yourself, the completely uncensored raw version, and then you end up giving your best version to strangers who really don't need your best version. So this, this piece, this is where we talk about that vertical versus horizontal. I need to make sure that the primary relationships in my life get the best of me. And as I go down the list, those are the ones that may not get the best version of me. However, I still practice self-control and I still will be courteous. I will be kind. I will absolutely honor every human, no matter who they are, what they look like, how much they might get on my nerves. Because that's what adults do. And what happens here 
is when we, when we give the people that are closest to us the most uncensored, raw version of ourself because we don't want to hold it together. We feel like, well, they know me, they love me, so I don't have to, I don't have to work that hard. This is unrealistic. This is an immature expectation that they will still be attracted to you and like you. This is how little children are, right? Little children have a hard time controlling themselves, and we love them anyways. Little children act out in ridiculous ways, say ridiculous things, really can be difficult many times, and we still protect them, take care of them, love them, have patience with them, because they are little children. What I want you to understand is you may act that way with the people in your life that love you, and they may still love you, but you're not being enjoyed. And a primary relationship is intended to be enjoyable. So being immature and childlike, giving yourself permission to be difficult, snotty, sensitive, cutting, biting, cruel, acting out, manipulative like an adolescent or a toddler, truly, when it's coming from an adult, is abusive. Because little children in big bodies are dangerous people. When we have big bodies with full hormones of a grown adult, and we are expressing childlike emotions, this is what domestic violence is about. You know, you may have been hit by your toddlers before, but it's very different for a five-year-old boy to hit his mommy than for a 35-year-old man to hit his wife. So this is a lot of where domestic violence occurs, and that is a huge relationship killer, and it should be. I have had couples in my office before, and I've worked with them and worked with them, and I have finally said to the spouse, one of the spouses, I've said, I will not help you stay with this person. I will not help you stay with this person. You can stay with them. That is your choice as an adult. But I won't help you stay with them. They're too abusive. So last one, number 20, not keeping confidences, exposing weaknesses, taking advantage of them, not being a safe place for your spouse, your friends, your children. Exposing people in public is a truly covert, abusive maneuver. You don't shame people in public. God covers our sin covers, stands in front of us before the enemy as the enemy condemns us. He covers us. So we're coming to the end of the show. We're going to finish up some of this a little bit uh, tomorrow, and then we are going to move on to more things about relationships, how to make them safe, more about relationship rules, how to make sure that we structure the relationship in a healthy manner. I hope this has been helpful for you. I like putting these things together, so thank you always for your feedback. Make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to the shows in, in their entirety. Pass them on to your friends as podcasts. Please have a blessed day and be the best version of you. God loves you. 
To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.